As far back as I can remember, I've had the Christmas story etched into my mind. It hasn't changed much, but it's always been a mashup of Luke's gospel and Matthew's gospel put together. Somehow it gets jumbled up in my head, and well, we've got Christmas. There's Mary and, and Joseph, who are both greeted by the angel Gabriel. We have the wise men traveling afar, shepherds keeping their watch over a flock of sheep by night. There's no room at the inn. There's the innkeeper who gets a really bad rap. It's not his fault there's no room at the inn. Oh, yeah. And then there's sweet baby Jesus, all six pounds, eight ounces, wrapped in a golden fleece diaper. Everybody knows this story. I could leave out a part or two or get something out of order, and you would still know what I'm talking about. You would know how the story begins and how it ends. And every year, regardless of national or global events, during war and peacetime, before, during, and eventually after a pandemic, as a child, adult, or slightly older adult, this story is to be read, pageanted, and preached around the world. We did this last year, albeit online. We're doing it tonight. And if I did the math correctly, get your phones out, save the date. We're going to do it again in approximately 365 days. So what is it about this story? The story of the birth of the Messiah, the Savior of the world that brings us back year after year. We know this story so well. We can recite it from memory. You know the story. Yet like all great stories, without the details of Matthew and Luke's accounts, without mining the words in the Gospels, Jesus' birth can come across as not very noteworthy. But it is the details that take an inconspicuous family in a one-donkey town and places them, the town and the family, front and center on the world stage for generations to come. The good news of Christmas is in the details that we so often overlook or simply forget. The Holy Family traveled from Nazareth and Galilee to David's city, Bethlehem. The glory days, the good old days of ancient Israel were during the reign of the giant slaying shepherd king who hailed from the busy streets of downtown Bethlehem. Joseph, Mary's betrothed, is a descendant of King David. And so Joseph and his fiance are, are headed to his ancestral home to be counted. You see, the occupying Roman emperor ordered a census for the purposes of determining tax revenue. And while in Bethlehem, Mary gave birth to her son, and this child is hailed by the angels as Savior and Lord. And the detail that we miss there is that those are titles that were, were reserved for the Roman emperor. It's not a baby born in a one-donkey backwoods town to a no-name family and then laid in a feeding trough. But we have to pay attention to the details.
Mary grows a child without the help of a man. Joseph gets upset because he doesn't understand. Angel comes to Joseph in a powerful dream, says God did this and you're part of his scheme. Joseph comes to Mary with his hat in his hand. Says, forgive me, I guess I didn't really get the plan. She says, you didn't trust me, but that's okay. And guess what? I felt the baby kick today. Like a stone on the surface of a still river, driving the ripples on forever. Redemption rips through the surface of time. In the cry of a tiny babe. This is the point where pageant directors take creative license with the Christmas story. You see, Matthew and, and Luke make no notes of cattle lowing. The only mention of animals in the Christmas story is from the shepherds who were keeping watch over their flocks by night. But the shepherds said to one another, let's go right now to Bethlehem. They didn't talk about bringing the flock along for this holy field trip. There's no animals mentioned being present, manger side, yet the temptation to over-sentimentalize Christmas is still there. For not of Christmas sentimentality, the nativity scenes on our mantles along with the Hallmark Channel's December lineup would be bare. The Christ child was not laid in a crib, wrapped in a, a quilt made by the people of the local synagogue. No, Jesus was laid in a manger. The bread of God, which has come down from heaven and gives life to the world, the very bread of life, first rested in a feeding trough. Mary and Joseph were first-time parents, and they were on the road. Mary and jo Joseph were experiencing the joys and the stress of having a newborn child. And the Gospels don't tell us whether or, or not Mary and Joseph had the help of family. There's no mention of aunts or uncles or grandmas or grandpas or, or cousins, not unlike families today because of scandal, shame, or a continuing pandemic. And there's one last detail that I want us to take a look at tonight. It could keep us here all night, but we don't want to do that because we have to be back here by 11 a.m. tomorrow. I want us to find ourselves in the story. 
You all know this story. You could probably preach this sermon better than most preachers. Most, not all, Pastor Jeff. So where are you in the story? There is something that convinced you to be here tonight. And I know it's not the sermon. Something convinced you to put on your Christmas best at 10 or 10.30 at night to go out into the cold and come to church. This story is so convincing, we find ourselves drawn to the narrative year after year, even while our positions in life and circumstances change. Maybe you feel as though you're an innkeeper, unaware of what is about to happen in the back house that you rent on Airbnb. Or maybe, maybe you're a shepherd, hearing the glorious good news of Christ's birth, proclaimed by the church, or better yet, experiencing that good news when the church acts as Christ's body in the world. And that experience is so convincing that you can't help but drop everything, leaving your livelihood behind to go and see what has happened for yourself. Maybe, maybe you're arriving late to the story. Maybe a wise man. You're curious about what has happened. You've been seeing signs, and, and people are acting different around you, and you feel compelled to travel afar or short distance to see for yourselves. The birth of the Messiah is good news for all of creation. Pay attention to the details. The child is born in the fullness of time Three wise astrologers take note of the signs Come to pay their respects to the fragile little king Get pretty close to wrecking everything. Cause the governing body of the Holy Land is that of Herod a paranoid man who when he hears there's a baby born king of the Jews sends death squads to kill all male children under two But that same bright angel warns the parents in a dream And they head out for the border and they get away clean Like a stone on the surface of a still river 
driving the ripples on forever. Redemption rips through the surface of time in the cry of a tiny baby. Perhaps tonight you're in a combination of these different locations in the story. Or maybe you're a bystander staying in the Airbnb next door and, and you hear a commotion because, friends, I have to tell you, when Mary was giving birth to Jesus, it was not a silent night. Or maybe, maybe you saw the shepherds, those people, off over there worshiping and praising God. And you thought to yourself, I need to, I need to see what they're doing. So you stand in the back of the room with your arms crossed, only to have the grace of God penetrate your heart to where your, your arms come down and you step into the celebration as well. The details of Christmas, along with our own lives, make this a story that we will never forget, yet one that we must hear time and time again. This, is, this story is not just a good fireside read. The story of the birth of Jesus Christ gives life to the church and has redeemed all of creation. Tonight is more than an anniversary or, or birthday party with, with a few musicians to help us get through the evening. Tonight we proclaim, remember, and we celebrate. We remember, proclaim, and celebrate that through the incarnation, through God putting on human flesh, God has entered into the mess that we have made of this world. And when the mess of this world tries to stomp out the good news of Christmas on a cross, the grace of God says no, with an empty grave and burial clothes left behind. Tonight is an active remembrance of what God accomplished through the details of the story that everybody knows. Tonight we proclaim that the birth of Jesus Christ is a birth of new creation, the salvific work of God for all creation, for all people, spanning time and geography. Tonight we celebrate the incomprehensible inbreaking of the holy God getting physical with creation, as present then as Christ is now when we gather around his table of grace. Friends, this is a mystery to be sure, but with the details to draw us in, our only response is to join the shepherds by singing our thanks and praise. There are others who know about this miracle birth The humblest of people catch a glimpse of their worth For it isn't to the palace that the Christ child comes but to shepherds and street people Grifters and bombs.
And the message is clear if you've got ears to hear. That forgiveness is given for your guilt and your fear. It's a Christmas gift that you don't have to buy. There's a future shining in a baby's eye. Like a stone on the surface of a still river, driving the ripples on forever. Redemption rips through the surface of time in the cry of a tiny babe.